Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature and host of this podcast, and I'm the author of the book Leading Through Uncertainty. In this series, I'll be delving into each of the chapters of the book and exploring what's the context of uncertainty, what are some of the challenges we face, and what are the habits and leadership behaviours that we need to adopt in order to navigate uncertainty more easily. This week, I'm reading Chapter 11, Building Trust. And the quote at the beginning is, You can build trust in an instant, and you can break it in an instant too. Trust is a leadership choice. Often when clients work with me, they say, oh, it takes a long time to build trust. And then the instant they meet the horses, they create a space of trust where they trust the horses and the horses trust them. So yes, sometimes trust can take a while to build and it grows over time, but it can be built instantly and it can also be broken instantly. And this chapter, once again, starts with a story, and this time it's about Gio, and it's about how he arrived and was integrated into the herd. Gio walked calmly off the horse lorry and stood with his head held high, surveying the environment. How would he integrate with the rest of the herd? It was uncertain, both for him and me. I badly wanted him to integrate without a hitch. There was a lot riding on this moment. As a prey animal, it's stressful for horses to move to a new yard. Their safety depends on their ability to integrate into the herd. I had no reference for how Geo would behave. He walked calmly off the lorry, trusting me and trusting himself. He was vulnerable. He could have panicked and tried to retreat, but that would have rendered him less safe. It may be counterintuitive, but Geo created his safety through trust and vulnerability. His sense of calm as he stepped off the lorry helped me to trust him in return. We built mutual trust in that instant, as I realised he would not throw his 700 kilograms of weight about. I also trusted in my horsemanship and leadership capabilities. I knew that I could handle him if he panicked. My calm sense of trust provided an environment for Geo to relax into. We co-created trust, both being vulnerable in the process. Tiffin and Callie stood in the field at the end of the paddock, watching from the other side of the gate. Geo sensed he needed to win them over. He walked calmly and confidently down the paddock towards them, past Mr Blue and Opus on the other side of the fence. Tiffin grew as tall as he could as Geo approached. I was thankful the gate was between them, as I watched to see what would happen. Geo walked over to Tiffin at the gate and dropped his head to the floor to show that he was no threat. He was building trust and respect. Tiffin stood still, taken aback. He'd been ready for a fight. He dropped his head to the floor as well and they sniffed each other through the gate. The first meeting had gone well, albeit with the safety of separate paddocks. Three days later, I stood watching the horses. It was a scorching hot day. With the sun beating down, all of the horses were dozing calmly with their eyes half closed. Was it too soon to integrate Geo into the rest of the herd? The previous horse to arrive on my yard had not integrated well. He had been dominant and aggressive in the herd, as well as with my human team, and he had left the yard a year later, leaving everyone exhausted. It had been a challenging process that created stress for me and my team, horse and human. Now here was Geo trying to integrate. 
I desperately didn't want to put my equine herd or human team through a similar experience. I had a choice, to trust that Gio was different or to be anxious about his integration into the herd. I chose to trust him. I opened the gate feeling slightly nervous. I didn't want anyone to be injured. I had to trust that Gio would show sensitivity to the herd, trust that the rest of the herd would not hurt him and trust that if I needed to separate him again, I could step into the herd and do that safely. By being calm and trusting Gio, I created an environment for him to relax further. Gio was skillful in how he moved towards the herd and moved away again when he felt he was too close. He sensed into what the herd needed, continuing to edge nearer over the coming days until within a week he was fully integrated. There was no ego, no jostling for position, just a continuous ebb and flow of movement as he gradually built a foundation of trust and became a valued member of the herd. Choosing trust. Trust is a leadership choice. There's a long-held myth that trust can take months to build. It starts from the moment you trust yourself and your leadership capabilities. Only then can you trust others. When you start a new job in a new company, you're probably out of your comfort zone and your body becomes more alert as you work out how to manage your safety in a new environment. Who can you trust? Who will help you? How can you show your capabilities and be true to yourself? Is it okay to be vulnerable? When we lead through uncertainty, these are the questions that subconsciously determine our behaviour. We make decisions and choices based on the limited available information. Logic, cognitive processing and reasoning don't really help here. It ultimately comes down to self-confidence and self-belief in your abilities. Self-awareness is a crucial part of trusting yourself. If you know what your leadership qualities are, you can stand strongly in your position no matter how much uncertainty there is. You can count on yourself for those qualities. I know for certain that I act with courage and compassion. These are two qualities that are unquestioningly are unquestioningly inherent in my leadership, regardless of the situation. It means that in moments of uncertainty and doubt, I have some certainty about my leadership because I trust in my ability to be courageous and compassionate in every given moment. They form part of my framework in uncertainty. What qualities are inherent in your leadership? There's no certainty with trust. It's something you feel. You have to take a leap of faith to trust someone, but someone has to take that first step. We can choose to trust when we have self-confidence in our abilities. Trust is more difficult during uncertainty. The desire to be safe and secure determines behaviour and we often seek to protect ourselves. As a species, we're not likely to be at risk of being eaten by a tiger, but our primal responses cause us to behave in uncertainty as if we were. Everything seems to threaten our safety. Trust is an unquestioning assumption that we can create our safety. It's often focused on external interactions, but it starts with yourself. Leaders who trust themselves first feel more confident in creating trust with others. Where are you not trusting yourself? Who else are you not trusting? When clients arrive at my stables, they are nervous, unsure whether they can lead a horse and terrified of making a fool of themselves. The uncertainty they feel is enormous. In the first few moments of the day, I establish trust with them. 
As a leader, I take responsibility for helping people who feel vulnerable to feel at ease. I'm open and transparent, which helps them trust me quickly. I put aside my own vulnerability and trust that clients will get great learning, even the ones who seem highly resistant and vocal about it at the beginning. I trust that I can provide a great experience for them. Every action I take is based on those assumptions of trust, which means I act with integrity and do my best work. I trust my clients because I trust myself, which helps them to trust me. And it starts with me making that choice to trust or not. And it is just that, a choice. I'm transparent about the fact that my leadership is also under the spotlight. It's not a given that the horses will move for me. My leadership has to be compelling too. When clients hear this, they are often surprised, but they realise we're in it together. I'm walking alongside them, willing to be equally vulnerable and to learn in the process. This sets the tone for the day. When I role model trust and vulnerability with ease, it gives permission for my clients to do the same. They establish trust with the horses in seconds in their first interaction with them, despite being scared. The horses won't go with people if they don't have trust as a basis for the relationship. The moment a client stops trusting the horse, the horse stops and refuses to move. The horse will wait until trust is re-established and as soon as it is, the horse willingly re-engages. Trust is essential in fast-paced, high-performance cultures as it's the foundation for all relationships. Although trust is created initially through choice, it's enhanced through listening, dialogue and connection. A paradigm shift is needed to foster trust in self and others, to let go of the old and allow the new to emerge. The moment we seek control, we've ceased to trust. How can you support your team to foster trust in uncertainty? Being vulnerable. We look for certainty to maintain our security. When there is uncertainty, there's vulnerability. Trust requires a level of intimacy that is vulnerable for people who are used to operating behind a mask. Intimacy requires openness, transparency and honesty so that relationships can be built. When you trust yourself enough to be vulnerable, you can drop the mask and create trust with others. One of the reasons people fear public speaking so much is because it makes them vulnerable and they lack trust in their ability to engage an audience. They fear getting it wrong, being judged, forgetting the key messages, not being believed, not being credible. All of this is the fear of uncertainty and the associated vulnerability. There is little that is certain when you stand up to present to a group of people, yet the more people do it, the easier it gets. It becomes part of their comfort zone and they learn to trust that they're capable. People navigate change in different ways. A performance-driven culture creates rapid change that requires flexibility and adaptability out of the comfort zone. Many leaders are comfortable within the known environment but feel less grounded and less confident when operating in the unknown. That's often because they don't have self-awareness and confidence in their leadership capabilities. Leadership happens out of the comfort zone, in those moments when you don't know what to think, say and do. The fear of vulnerability creates a desire to hang on to what is known, often leading to resistance. Alternatively, it causes us to drive something to conclusion quickly so the answer can be understood. Either way, we're attached to being safe, secure and certain. 
When leaders let go of control and step into their vulnerability in a grounded way, they create space for new experiences, ideas and opportunities to emerge. Innovation and creativity, therefore, require a culture of trust and letting go of control in order for people to feel safe to try something new. Innovation thrives in an environment where failure is recognised as part of the process of continual learning and people are encouraged to recover quickly and try again. Where are you resisting letting go of control and embracing vulnerability? With so much fear, it's no surprise that people become disconnected from their true feelings as a coping mechanism for dealing with stress. Shutting down emotions under stress enables people to function in an almost robotic and disconnected way. With a disconnection from emotions comes a disconnection from others. A fear of vulnerability often causes us to disconnect to protect ourselves and reduce the vulnerability. Often this disconnection breaks trust. However, we can still trust through disconnection. When you disconnect, trust that it is momentary while you regain your strength to re-engage. When others disconnect, trust that it's not a personal affront towards you. Rather, it's their version of self-protection while they work out how to come back. If you trust that people will work things through in their own way, you maintain open channels of communication that speed up the process of them re-engaging and reconnecting. We can still trust when we hold polarised views. It doesn't mean that the relationship is broken. When you show others that you trust them in such moments, you create safety for them to return to. Trust is not a one-off activity. It requires a continuous focus to keep rebuilding and deepening relationships. Where are you disconnecting and what is the impact? Creating mistrust. If trust is a choice to step into our vulnerability, we can just as easily create a lack of trust by refusing to be open and vulnerable. A lack of trust is linked to fear. Fear of being hurt, getting things wrong, not being believed or not being good enough. Fear is rife during times of uncertainty and it indicates a lack of trust in your own leadership capabilities. If you fail to trust yourself, your approach will be more tentative. When you trust yourself in uncertainty, you create your security by increasing your flexibility and being willing to respond to whatever shows up. The fear we have in uncertainty is due to a lack of trust in our ability to lead. In a desire to protect ourselves, we build barriers and hide behind masks of how we want others to see us. In doing so, we create disconnection that further erodes trust. It's a myth that trust can take weeks and months to build. It grows deeper over time, yes, but it is a choice moment by moment. Clients often tell me that they don't trust someone because the other person doesn't trust them. They've reached stalemate. Each one is waiting for the other to trust first. Someone has to break down the downward spiral of mistrust. If you can hold the belief that people are inherently good, you can trust that everyone is doing their best. The media would have us believe otherwise, continually sharing negative stories that cause people to lack trust in politicians, countries, large corporations and our neighbours. In parallel, people are doing great work building communities and enhancing the lives of others. Once again, it's a choice to believe that people are inherently good and trust them or to believe the opposite. 
And here's a case study, and, and it's a chap that I called Rob, Robert in the book, but it, it this is an example of a case study that has been repeatedly demonstrated by multiple clients. Robert explained that he took a long while to trust people, to build relationships and let his guard down. I asked, do you trust me? Yes, he replied. He'd been on site for about 30 minutes. He chose to lead Tiffin, a horse who also finds it difficult to trust. Robert took the lead rope and invited Tiffin to go with him. Tiffin followed instantly, completely relaxed. When Robert returned, I asked him whether he trusted Tiffin and he said he did. He looked surprised. He had just busted his old story that trust takes months to build. Robert's willingness to be vulnerable allowed him to build instant trust. He realised that believing that trust took months to build was an old story that shaped the way he approached people at the beginning. Once Robert had reframed his story to say that trust can be built in an instant, he began to drop the masks more and more. He trusted that he could be more honest and transparent with people he didn't know and he created trust quicker. And I think that's just a great example of the stories that we tell ourselves are maybe based on one previous experience, but those stories influence how we show up in the future. And so the chapter carries on. Often trust is broken when someone does not behave as you would expect them to. Many people do not seek to rebuild trust once it's broken, and that has a catastrophic effect on teams and organisations. We can choose to trust people even when we don't like their behaviour. By being curious and seeking to understand, trust can be regained, but it requires skill and courage to do this. Where is trust broken and how can you rebuild it? Why do we fail to rebuild trust when it's broken? Fear and self-protection. By holding back on trust, we try to create a barrier of protection when in fact we make ourselves less safe and secure because the relationship is broken. It's the responsibility of every leader to create trust through open dialogue, connection and clarity. Trust is often broken when another person steps over your values, boundaries or beliefs. Often this is done unknowingly, or at least because the other person's values, beliefs and boundaries are different from yours. You can choose to allow trust to remain broken in these moments, or you can engage in open dialogue and be clear about your needs and how this impacts you. When we fail to communicate our needs, we cause further mistrust and miscommunication. Opening the lines of communication without blame and judgment can transform relationships and rebuild trust. A lack of alignment around common goals can create an unsafe environment which erodes trust. If we don't have a voice or feel trusted, the environment within which we work feels very unsafe. This increases fear and overwhelm. Trust and transparency are therefore crucial when leading through uncertainty. And that concludes this chapter on building trust. And I think there's so much there around how do we choose trust as a starting point for every interaction and how easy is it for us to suddenly not trust somebody that may have a different opinion from us, has a different set of values or beliefs um, and also how fear is rooted in us not trusting ourselves and not trusting our capabilities. You know, the fear of starting a new job is 
you know, is what I've done previously good enough? Is it going to be the same? Have I got the capabilities? And when we trust that we have got the capabilities and we trust that we can navigate situations, then it enables us to build better relationships with others, to trust other people, even when we don't like their behaviour, and to do more extraordinary things. So to conclude today, I'll encourage you to consider what are the qualities that are inherent in your leadership? What is it that you can count on yourself for? So that no matter where you are, what situation you're in, no matter where there are differences of opinion, you can trust in your own qualities of leadership. You can trust in your ability to navigate things, to communicate effectively, to be clear about your needs and boundaries and to build relationships on that basis on the basis of trust. That's it this week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you'd like to read the full chapter, you can download a copy of it from my website at judejennison.com forward slash podcasts. Or if you'd like to hear real live stories of leaders who've led through uncertainty and how they've overcome their challenges, check out season one of this podcast, episodes one to 35, where I interview leaders from a variety of organisations on their experiences there are some truly inspirational stories from leaders there. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature. Keep leading and I'll come back soon with the next chapter of my book, Leading Through Uncertainty.